Metabulous 2 podcast on the original Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy radio drama, episode 5. Hello and welcome everyone, I am David. And I am Ben. And tonight we are on... Fit the Fifth, the restaurant at the end of the universe. Millyways. So this really is like, again... Great. They're all good episodes. This is a great episode. <laughs> yeah. The thing that really leapt out at me was uh, Max Cordelpleen saying there's nothing penultimate about this one, meaning referring to the restaurant at the end of the universe. But I thought it was funny that this is episode five, the penultimate, the penultimate episode, episode. Yeah, <laughs> in no, this it's, series. It's, it's just full of amazing one-liners. I mean, mm-hmm. these are still things, you know, we've already referenced bums don't fall off. Yep. Guys are so unhip. Your, yeah. your buns don't fall off. Um, and I still, whenever, you know, I still think from time Time to time, I use the phrase, hand me the rat rod plate, Captain. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, I I still, when I walk past a Mercedes or a BMW, I like to call it a Bourgemobile. <laughs> That's perfect. It was a perfect term for them. Absolutely yeah. perfect. Exactly. Captain creeps and their Bourgemobiles. <laughs> the one I love is Zaphod saying he's pretty dangerous when he's cornered and Ford going, yeah, Zaphod, you go to pieces so fast people get hit by the shrapnel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, this is this is no intended dig on Douglas Adams, but I'm wondering whether John Lloyd had some influence because he was the co-writer of yes, this, he was, yeah. this episode, I think the next episode. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at what Lloyd got up to in terms of Not in the Nine O'Clock News and Spitting Image and Black mm-hmm. Adder, especially Black Adder, which is, you know, I think notorious for kind of witty, <laughs> witty one-liners. Yeah. Yep. You know, I don't know whether there's some John Lloyd stuff in here. I think so. I, the biggest contribution I think he made was the history of the universe with the footnotes towards the end. Oh, is that kind of documented as being literally by him? I think that is, uh, if if my memory serves, that was one of his big contributions in this. And then, then the next episode, the Hagenennons are his invention. Oh, right. Interesting. So, but Interesting. I would not doubt that some of those zippy one-liners are John Lloyd. Yeah. Because that that's that's him. That's him in Black Adder. That's him in not the nine o'clock news. That's yeah. just what he he would write. Did Adams really have a writing partner again? No, and the only reason he had his former flatmate Lloyd helping him out was he was commissioned to do Doctor Who at the same time and oh, I think he was okay. delivering the pirate planet and he was spent. Right. He was tapped out and He's infamously or famously a major procrastinator and right. just was hitting a deadline and it was either uh, call calling a lifeline or <laughs> break down, I guess. I mean, because it's funny. I mean, I, I wonder whether he just didn't like having writing partners or whether he never really found the right person. I, I think he probably would have been maybe slightly more productive if he would have had someone to kind of bounce ideas off and wasn't having to sit alone at his typewriter a little bit. I don't know. I mean... It might have been... It it seemed like he made a lot of money very quickly from Hitchhikers with the book and then with the vinyl LPs and he might not have wanted to share. I I don't know. Yeah. You mean like in a sort of a Terry Nation style? You know, he was... Yeah. All of a sudden it was... uh, He was... Like 76, he was hitchhiking and having a terrible year and unemployed and then... 78 hitchhikers goes on the air and he starts raking in the bucks right 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 
Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I'm just speculating. I, I haven't really done any biographical reading on Adams in his life or whatever. So Yeah, yeah, interesting. It, but I could envision, you know, if you hit on the gravy train, you don't want to disrupt it at all, and you yeah, just want to keep yeah. collecting the checks. Yeah, no, no, you're right, you're right. My favorite character in this episode, I think, is Max Cordelplein, the compare. Wow. And he was played by Roy Hudd, who was a British comedian of some renown, I believe. Uh, Roy Hudd is like uh, one of the. I mean, he's. I mean, he's like a Spike Milligan level like mm, comic okay. personality. I'm mm -hmm. very, very influential as a writer and as a stand-up comedian and as a as an actor. He died. Um, I think very, a couple only a couple of yeah, weeks ago. Very recently. Yeah, yeah very recently. Uh, but yeah, no, he's absolutely massive. Again, I mean, I think one of these people who kind of metaphorically was walking by the studio. Because, um, mm -hmm. you know, he was had his own show at the BBC for like just years and years yeah. and years and years and years. It was it was the headlines, right? Yeah, the, the, it was the, the, yeah, the news, uh, the news headlines. Um, but mm -hmm. he's perfect as Max mm -hmm. Gordelplein. I mean, absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. Just that level of insincerity is just... <laughs> it's perfect. Marvelous. It's perfect, yeah. 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 And what I read is he was ad-libbing quite a bit and they left several minutes of him just doing ad hoc comparing on the cutting room floor just because of time and it wasn't in the script, but he was giving them extra material that they could work in into the edit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, someone like Roy Hudd just kind of gives the lie to like, you know, I don't know, comedians of a previous generation weren't funny or couldn't mm -hmm. ad lib or couldn't mm -hmm. improvise. Like the greatest comics could always do that. And I think, I think Hudd proved that. One thing actually that was really... Um, so really clear to me, I don't know, I mean, maybe this is a bit of a kind of a, I don't know, this is a humble brag, I don't know what this is, but anyway, um, I've been to Egypt, and I've been to the pyramids, and I've done the Sonne Lumiere that they do at the pyramids, I don't know whether they still do that at the pyramids, where they had this amazing light show of like, the lights shine on the pyramids and on the sphinx, and then they had this cheesy, cheesy voiceover talking about how... Um, and this is the dawn of the of the new age, right? <laughs> and it's like you know, I I, I just thinking about um, uh, and I'm sure they have it at the Parthenon and all those like big sites around the world. I've not been to the Parthenon, uh, but again, just thinking about Douglas Adams maybe hitchhiking around Europe and uh -huh. just like observing these incredibly cheesy, stupid. <laughs> mediations of amazing things like you know the mm -hmm. end of the universe is amazing anyway like why do you need a voiceover right. you know the parthenon and the pyramids and they're all fantastic you don't need someone talking over them and i i'm sure <laughs> that this is what that is you know mm -hmm. yeah it reminded me of kind of a, a las vegas nightclub absolutely yeah environment where the compare thought he was the center of attention really and the yeah the, the end of the universe really was a sideline or <laughs> yeah yeah i'm the most important person the end of the universe mm -hmm. is just something mm -hmm. just something that's happening behind me as i'm talking yeah. Hud, hud's portrayal as cordopline kind of reminded me of bradley walsh in some ways just kind of yeah. uh, some of walsh's more game show hosting roles that he's done absolutely no i'd agree with that i'd agree with yeah. that yeah and i think i mean obviously you know the end of the universe um restaurant the universe is is you know ep it's episode two of um uh, you know, new who in uh, in two thousand five. Oh, end of the um, world. The end yeah, of the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, effectively, yeah. <laughs> you know, e even down to like you know the weird aliens who mm -hmm. they have to greet when they're coming in. You know, it's not the 
the young conservatives of Sirius, whatever it is. Woof, woof. Woof, <laughs> Sirius woof. B. Sirius B. But, you know, that's, again, a complete hitchhiker's ripoff from, from mm-hmm. RTD there, I think. Yeah, it's funny and it works. And I think uh, you have the minor deities and then you have the followers of the great prophet Zarquan. No, Zarquan, yeah. <laughs> then right at the Hello. end, you have the Hallelujah Choir and Zarquan coming in <laughs> just, a bit late. It's just perfect. And again, I mean, another Who reference, um, you know, Marvin has to take the long way round. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. Stephen Moffat ripping off Hitchhikers for, in you know, on several occasions, both for the David Tennant Doctor and also for um, um, Capaldi, yeah, who has to mm-hmm. take a long way round. Yeah, yeah, with uh, Heaven Sent, yeah, good point. Exactly, you know, it takes, takes Marvin at least... I think um, uh, at least thirty million years, um, and then after the first thirty, yeah, it just got it just it, then it really got bad. Like I'm he went into a bit of a decline. Went into a bit of a decline. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I liked uh, Zayfad's talking to Marvin on the phone and wondering what he was doing in the car park, and Marvin's line is parking, parking cars. Parking what cars. else? <laughs> and then. Arthur asks, what's he doing down there? And Zayfa just kind of tears into him. You idiot, he's parking cars. What else do you do in a car park? And it's just the the reversal, how Zayfa always kind of externalizes when somebody uh-huh. belittles or talks down to him. He always lets that roll downstream to whoever is the next target, usually Arthur. And then, you know, then when they kind of round on, when Marvin like, you know, says that he knows who the the black <laughs> spacecraft is, like, so how do you, how, why didn't you tell us? Because I, I parked his car, so right. I parked it, yeah. <laughs> why, why didn't yeah. you tell us? Well, you never asked me. Mm-hmm. It's just perfect, really. Oh, and also with Marvin being able to see the ultimate question imprinted in Arthur's brainwaves, and he says, I can see you're really not interested and at the point where everyone's going yes please come on tell us marvin and then all of a sudden the console lights up and he goes oh i knew you weren't really interested at it so we could have had the ultimate question right then (laughs) because they really aren't that interested it's you know it's it's the whole it's right it's the journey it's the journey yeah Mm -hmm. and we are you know we're just these superficial creatures who are Mm -hmm. easily distracted by nonsense um, which, of course, is why we like Hitchhikers so much, because it's easily <laughs> distracting nonsense. Which is precisely why we're listening to it now. <laughs> there we go. So some other distracting nonsense I like is just when Zaphod wants to steal another spaceship, just like he stole the Heart of Gold. Now he's stealing this battle cruiser, and then they're talking about ships and uh, Ford saying, it looks like a fish, moves like a fish, but steers like a cow. Steers like a cow. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of many cars I had in the yeah, 80s. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, it's but it's it's again it's really and again I mean I think you was we were saying last night last episode um, that there was a lot of exposition mm-hmm. in the yesterday's episode, which is fine. This one is just pure kind of witty zingy drama and right, really fun. And you know the waiter and the <laughs> head uh, waiter, <laughs> you know uh, who's. Who's also who's also Zark one I think isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Uh, Anthony Sharp who plays Anthony, both roles. Yeah, who's a I, again I didn't know anything about him before reading this, but you know was a apparently like a big sitcom guy or just kind of mm-hmm. you know random. He's he's that guy in like a lot of British sitcoms, so I, I I'm going to try and find out more about him. Yeah, he was in Clockwork Orange too. Really? Yeah, he was. Oh, I didn't see that. Let me go to my internet. Oh, Minister of the Interior. Okay, and Clockwork Orange. Excellent. Oh, and he was in Barry Lyndon as well. 
Fantastic. Oh, so he has the uh, connection. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing with Stanley Kubrick. If he liked an actor, he would just like keep on casting them over and over yeah. again in the movie, especially yeah. if you were a Brit. And then Sharp as the head waiter and the rest of the cast, just from the very get-go, set the whole tone of the episode with uh, Ford and Zaphod being so excited to being dead, sort of like we're standing dead and kerplow, splat, zowie. I was a real goner and they were really stoked thinking that they were in the afterlife. And then the head waiter comes, do you have a reservation, sir? And do we need a reservation for the afterlife? <laughs> Yeah, because it it would excite. It, actually, I mean, actually, I kind of feel for them. If I if I thought I was dead and I was still kind of walking around and stuff, that would be kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was well played, and it just starts it starts the whole episode off at kind of a elevated comedic level, and it right. just goes right through. And then you have it's like a little series of set pieces uh, from bit to bit, either with the compare breaking it up or the book breaking it up with bits and pieces moving between each little segment but it's right it's like a a sketch comedy show where you would have the little scenes and then uh the linking bit of monty python type animation or whatever you'd have uh, you'd have like the compare of the book doing that link yeah yeah no it's great i mean i i listening to it again i i actually i can remember this being like a standout episode for me at the time when i was listening Mm -hmm. to it is this is just so funny and so enjoyable and the characters are so great and they treat Mm -hmm. each other so badly i mean you know all all the comedy that i like is you know again it's the that kind of seinfeld thing you know no hugging no learning Mm. everyone is just you know unremittingly horrible (laughs) to each other um and miserable and you know the only the only good person is trillian (laughs) The only smart person is Trillian, basically. Right. And like even when there's a compliment being paid, when Arthur figures out that they traveled through uh, time, not through space, and the head waiter says, yes, your monkey got it right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. It's sort of like, who are you calling monkey? Yeah, <laughs> yeah and exactly. They keep on, they keep on just, just uh, you know, with no, for no real reason, just completely mm-hmm. calling Arthur a monkey and an ape and, you know. <laughs> Eight just man. because it's just you know it's just because uh, it because it it's makes funny. it because it irritates him and it's funny and it's mm-hmm. funny to be irritating and that's what kind of what the comedy is about in this episode and I really really like it. It also ties into the greater theme of hitchhikers dealing with evolution and uh, the universe being happenstance and religions being pretty much just cons and yeah. that greater. Yeah. greater Ulan Kalufid uh, tone of the story that was set from the very first get-go. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. I think one of the lines of the book uh, at the very, very beginning is, Earthmen's never invite their ancestors over for dinner. Right. Referring to the apes. So yeah. that's... Yeah. We're, we're terribly embarrassed by our ancestors. We are terribly <laughs> embarrassed by our ancestors, exactly. Uh, so, quotable hitchhikers is... Uh, he just phoned up to wash his head at us or something. Oh, like that yeah, I wrote, that, I wrote that down as well, actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is just a funny, funny line. Just a funny, mm-hmm. funny line. The whole thing is just hilarious all the way through, basically. And I think we're facing the time of the great white handkerchief that they feared at the very beginning. I think we are. I think we are facing. I think we're all staring that, staring down the barrel of a great white handkerchief. <laughs> 
I guess in closing, the thing that really strikes me with this episode, uh, having listened now to we're on the finishing up the fifth episode, is tonally how different each episode is. Right. There's enough variety. It's it's not very samey, and I think that's because they are constantly on the move. They don't spend. This isn't. Yes, this is episode two on Magrathea, but this is Magrathea at the end of the universe. This is not at its uh, decline when they're making planets. Right, This right. is at the restaurant of the universe. So it keeps us moving along, and it provides enough variety, and there's there's enough ample joke material in each setting that yeah. Adams comes up with. And we're right in the, you know, we have stuck in right in the middle of a cliffhanger at the end. You know, we have, a, we're mm-hmm. right in the middle of a giant inter, interstellar war, you know, which right. is, yeah, <laughs> with this crazy, stupid matte black spaceship that, you know, is so black that you can't actually see anything that's going on in it. Cause it's really, really black. <laughs> so, Thank you for listening to episode five of our bonus series on the original Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I've been having a delightful dinner conversation with Ben at the restaurant at the end of the universe. And I just phoned David up so I could wash my head at him. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.